All right. We this is um episode 22, which is one of my favorite numbers. Why is it your favorite number? It's my birthday. Oh, yeah, it is. I just like double numbers also. I know. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I don't have a lot of double numbers in my life. Well, that's not true. I guess Nadia's birthday is 2 2 1 1. I forget Wait. about that. It's 2 one, one. February. Oh. 2 2 1 1. You're right. People who are into like numerology would be, they would really like her birthday. Yeah. There was something yeah. about, yeah, I don't remember. There was something about her birthday and then a year that she turned that it was kind of like, it was that weird thing where you'll never see it forwards and backwards or something again. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Like a palindrome or yes, something? Yes, yes, yeah. That could be the wrong word. It, like not a monopoly. Yes. I'm really bad at knowing like the words for all those different types of terms. But um, this is 100% not a numerology podcast and also not a grammar podcast. But no. I kill a grammar podcast. But it could be because Tiffany is a killer at grammar and all the things English related. <laughs> so not I. I, I. I feel like I'm losing it a little bit though. But again, this is not what this is about. No. This is what the hell. Welcome to the what the hell podcast. Welcome. I am Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're excited to talk to you this week. It's been a couple weeks and there's been a lot happening in the world. It was time. It is time for us to talk about the things that are happening in this world today, specifically race related. And it's a topic that I know I can speak for myself, but probably both of us in saying that as much as I think this is desperately needed for us to talk about this, it's also something that's uh, kind of uncomfortable because we're, I feel like over this next half hour to 45 minutes um I might sound a little naive in talking about these things but I think the point of it is that it's important that we talk about it so I completely agree I was just gonna make a joke at your expense and be like (laughs) you do sound naive Brittany (laughs) but the truth is me too yeah that's why we're kind of doing this is because I think I know that at least for me, I've been extremely naive about things over the years and not um, because I want to be. And that I think that what's coming to a head now in this time is that a lot of us are at a place now where we have been wrong about things or just didn't know about things. And now we want to learn about things and we're actively doing it. Some yeah. of us are. So that's kind of what we want to talk about tonight, um, today, whatever time it is for you, <laughs> wherever you are. Maybe you're in the North Pole and you don't have a night. Um, (laughs) Just to kick things off, I guess, diving right in, Brittany. Yeah. You know, we are two white women Mm -hmm. and we just heard about Juneteenth for the first time ever. That is correct. Sadly, that is, that is accurate. So. And it's problematic. It is problematic. (laughs) To say the least. To Um, say the least. And I'm sorry to those of you that are literally going <gasps> but yeah well that's true. how I feel yeah I feel like that at me <laughs> I feel like I felt like a dumbass when I realized there is a very large not large a monumental date that we should be aware of and we are not and yeah there's a variety of reasons for that and that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight is a little bit of our background which I'm sure a lot of you've heard if you've been listening to our podcast for a while but it's just more in the perspective of um, when it ha- has to do with race and things we didn't understand at the time and we're trying to learn and listen and understand now. So Right. And, I, and you know, what you already touched on, there's a lot of um, 
I won't say I don't have like guilt about not knowing these things because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But I have a lot of embarrassment about not knowing the things that I don't know about. Yeah. And I and also indignation because I'm mad at the school system. Mm -hmm. I don't want to not know these things. I don't want to be 33 years old and hearing about this for the first time. Yeah. Um, Not to reference Peloton, but to reference Peloton. (laughs) Uh, I did um, Toonday's Juneteenth ride the other day and she said something in that ride. It was so powerful. Such a powerful uh, ride. She's like a preacher. She really does take you to church. And she said in it, Juneteenth is not, she is black. And she said, Juneteenth is not my holiday. It is our holiday. We Mm. are not free until we are all free. Like we have the 4th of July to celebrate our independence from Great Britain. That, you know, that's for everyone, but it wasn't. Juneteenth is when it became, you know, it became for everyone in a different way. And even then it wasn't what it should have been. And even that's that's the problem that even now it's not. I'm oh, getting goosebumps was, just hearing you talk about that because that's so true. It's like, preach. That's what she said. It is our holiday. You know, this is our emancipation from slavery. And anyway, I just wanted to comment on that. But that's what we want to talk about tonight or again today, whenever. Uh, the things that we have gotten wrong, didn't know, what we need to learn. And some of the things that we have learned during this that it's frankly embarrassing and yeah. it's a problem and we need to know about it and I'm so glad that we finally are learning about it agreed agreed so that's where we're kicking off yeah I'm like oh man how do I follow that up um <sighs> yeah I guess well maybe, I think the, or go ahead. The, the, the Dalai Lama what did he say Brit the Dalai Lama um well the Dalai Lama said when you talk you are repeating what you already know but if you listen you may learn something new And the matter of the fact here is we want to learn and we need to learn. We all need to learn. So if you're a white person listening to this, like you need to be listening. And even if you think you have listened or learned and I fall in that category, which like as we can talk about our upbringings, I will be the first to put my foot in my mouth and say I was one of those people that was like oh I don't see race I wouldn't preach that I thought it and many times because I have a black sister and I grew up in South Africa and I'm just like not that I don't see race in the sense of uh, aware of like there is a difference in how people are treated but just kind of like I personally didn't feel like I had any racism in me and it's really this last Black Lives Matter, not last, it's happening right now, but the Black Lives Matter movement, this time around, it's just, it's shaken me to my core and making me realize that I am wrong in a lot of what I thought I knew about myself and I have a lot to learn, so... Yeah. And what you said a second ago is that like, if you're a white person, you need to be listening. And what Brittany means is not to us. (laughs) Oh, sorry. No, no, (laughs) no. I'm just saying I knew that's what you were hitting on is that we and that's why, you know, tonight will actually probably be a lot shorter than usual. Because we're going to tell you all the ways we have not all the ways, some a handful among millions of ways. I'm sure we've been wrong and misunderstood things and just frankly did not know about things and we're naive. Um, and the reason we're keeping it short is we're nowhere near done learning. This is the tip of the iceberg and we want to create space and be part of the space of listening to people, black people, who have yeah. had a different experience from us and learning from them. So 
that's a big part of why it'll be shorter tonight yeah. and, and that's, that's what, what I we're meant. trying to listen to listen to <laughs> the black community around you not me in when it, in my advice i'm just gonna tell you my experience and right encourage you to listen as a whole as a person and right. not try to talk as much i guess as maybe i don't know or debate so yeah, yeah. like sit down and shut up yeah um, exactly. so speaking of sitting down and shutting up let me ask you a question if you'll respond please uh, sure uh <laughs> um well, let's talk a little bit about just our upbringing for a second. I mean, yeah. you mentioned, you know, and this has been another podcast, but you grew up in South Africa. You didn't even grow up in the States and it was a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. I basically, so I grew up in South Africa and, you know, a smidge of a background in South Africa is that we had our own version of everything that happened in America. We had, you know, slavery, we we had apartheid, all, all kinds of things, but the summary of that is that you know white people in South Africa are the um, minority in the sense of just pure population numbers um, but they were still the power the the how do you even say that majority how, the majority power the majority power yeah. yeah well wait it would be minority power right because you're saying there were fewer white fewer people, white people. people. Okay, they were yeah, the so minority, minority power. power yeah yes. so the white people there although there was less of them they were the they ruled the country and I grew up in a, a town that I was one of the only white kids in my class most of my most of my life up until high school there was maybe like a few of us and everybody else was black black or, or Asian and we had a lot of a, a large Indian population as well but um anyways so there's that and then on top of that my parents worked with um children and we adopted my sister who is black she is um, African and we've had her since she was one years one day old and she's now almost 20 so I say all that to say that as I in the past would have prided myself um sadly in thinking that I was very aware of all of the racial inequalities and things that were happening and but I think the problem was that I was always looking outward and not looking inward at the white privilege in myself and more was I felt like I understand the I don't understand this is where I, I'm gonna have to be very careful with my words it's easy to look outside and recognize that other people are struggling based on their race or being treated differently but then forgetting to realize that because I am white that comes with its own set of privileges that for a long time I didn't want to I understand or acknowledge because I just was like no but I worked hard and it's not a thing and blah 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 not that it's not a thing but this is I'm I'm never gonna get this right how, how to talk about this but I think you're doing great because it's very hard to articulate it is. exactly it's, yeah it's hard to I think it's easier well I I can't speak for anyone else I think it's hard for us to articulate what we did not experience yeah definitely so we have not experienced being you know even when you lived in South Africa and you you were population wise among the minority yeah you're still part of like you said the ruling class or the ruling race yeah so for us it's just we can't speak to um something that did not we didn't experience so I was talking with someone recently about exactly this that it really was this time that's clicked for me in a different way I didn't grow up with any money 
Mm-hmm. We were always on either, you know, it, it varied by the year, but like, and it, and it varied by our ages and everything. There was four of us kids, but like we were always either on the low end of middle class or the high end of like poverty Mm -hmm. like dirt poor so you know one year we had food stamps and the next year we didn't because my parents accidentally made 500 extra dollars things like that you know so we were disadvantaged we were poor however no one's telling me that life was not hard because we were poor yeah what they are telling me is that one of the reasons my life was hard had nothing to do with my race totally that was explained not at me or to me but I witnessed it being explained and it was just like a big like Tweety Bird moment for me yeah during this situation within the last month where I was like that that that's why like it's like that thing where like you're trying it's like trying to pin the tail on the donkey for us idiot you know privileged white people because we can't put our finger on what's different and that's what's different yeah that's the thing that's different so that I think that even learning that during this period um, and how to express that and articulate. Nobody's saying your life wasn't hard. Nobody's yeah. saying that you didn't get the short end of some stick. Yeah. What they're saying is now you didn't work you didn't hard get the for short what you yes. but No, you yeah. did work hard. You didn't have to work hard because of your race, though. Yeah. That's what's different. And wow, why did it take me 33 years to be able to put that sentence together? Yeah. And it's so frustrating to think back when it was like what four years ago, um, mm-hmm. when the last Eric Garner, yes, when like the last big Black Lives Matter movement kind of came through, and I don't, I don't know why it took this time, which is the most unfortunate part of all of this, is like why does it take such extreme things to happen where for us to react? I am glad we were all responding. I'm so glad there are protests and things happening people are starting to listen but this is just the beginning of something that's so uh overdue long overdue and as again somebody who if you would ask me even like six months ago I would have a lot of different answers than I do now because I wasn't listening I wasn't here's the thing I wasn't actively listening because I didn't think there was something that I needed to learn and it sucks to Mm -hmm. say that but like I thought I was relatively educated on it and it is an excuse to be like well I have a black sister so like we you know she's always been my sister she's never felt any different but like have I ever sat and asked her like hey what was it like growing up in a white family as the only person that's black we we didn't have those conversations growing up because I think race is an uncomfortable conversation I don't know if it's uncomfortable for other races because because it's something they have to have a conversation about. But as a white person in our family, and I would assume a lot of other families, it's not something you they actively talk about. Yeah. And I think that there's like, I think the heart is in the right place for that. And I think totally. that that is extremely common from conversations I've had with other people too. Even, you know, whether it's um, mixed race families or, you know, a variety of backgrounds and things like that. I, I think that's really common and I think that the heart is in the right place to get to a place like wouldn't it be wonderful if the world had always existed in such a way that like not seeing color was like actually the thing. Sure. How yeah, cool. That would goal. be amazing. Yeah. That would be super freaking sweet. The problem is it just isn't that way and we're yeah. pretending that it is that way for the sake of what we wish were true. So it's like living in this idyllic 
world and saying, well, if we if we believe that this isn't a thing, then it's not a thing. The problem is it's still a thing. It, yeah, exactly. You're still being treated differently based on the color of your skin and your race and your background, whatever, ethnicity. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think, again, that like there's – any um I think the heart is absolutely in the right place for that yeah and now it's like we're all collectively getting to a place where it's like oh wait a minute we we can do a little bit better on this and so we're gonna stop ignoring and we're gonna see talk learn educate ourselves yeah and see that your experience is different from mine yeah and how can we do better (laughs) yeah and I mean I'm so guilty of that again like I have a nine and a seven-year-old and like I remember the kids went to like a very diverse preschool where they were like one of the only white kids at the school. And I remember thinking like Curtis and I having conversation and wondering like, should we like, when do you talk about race? Should we talk about race? And we definitely erred on the side of like, just letting the kids kind of discover it on their own in a way, which is not the right way to do it. And I should be actively teaching my kids. But at the time I really was like, well, by telling them that like certain races are treated in a way that, or or, like I was confused in how to, articulate it in a way that doesn't continue to I don't want them to I I can't this is hard so hard to talk about like I don't want to instill a thought that they wouldn't have already that they wouldn't have had so like how do you even talk about it in a way that is productive and not instilling like continuing a terrible pattern and I don't right. know and I'm trying and to I don't learn. know the answer yeah. to that no. I mean you know I grew up also in a pretty diverse area I grew up in Florida which as a whole unless you're like super super central which at times I was pretty central um even there like it, it's really Florida's pretty diverse and I lived in Key West for quite some time and you know um I, I don't know I'm like thinking back I'm like every it was so the races were so mixed which was wonderful it was so diverse it was amazing um this is so hard to articulate all of this it is it's really hard (laughs) it's so hard to say the right thing well I never grew up like race I certainly did not grow up um in a racist like family or situation whatsoever thank god yeah and I had a really great friend when I was a kid her name was Natasha and she was the one who like brought it up to me. She had a black father and a white mother. And she brought it up to me that her experience was different when we were like 10 years old. And I remember like I never thought about it. But like the fact that she did and brought it up at 10 years old it has kind of always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like how different were our lives? She said, you know, people would make fun of her that her parents were a different race. And some people didn't like that. And, you know, it's just so yeah. bizarre. Like so strange. But that was still an, it's still a new concept to some people and they can't wrap their heads around it. Um And I don't even know exactly what my point is in saying that, except we were talking about how do you teach your kids? And like nobody said anything specific to me about race within my family that I remember. Anything I experienced was from a friend. Yeah. And I feel like that is probably one of the benefits of being raised Christian if you're doing it how it should be done. I feel like you know, we were just raised to be kind to people. And like, you know, I definitely wasn't raised in a racist family. And I I also realize as we say that I there's been a lot of things I've seen posted online where it's like also recognizing that even if you don't think you're a racist, there's a little bit of racism in you without whether you like it or not. And that was really hard to read things like that and realize that it's true. Um, But I think back to even in South Africa, which apartheid, um, 
1994, so it was much earlier or like much more recent than what the United States has gone through. But I still, I remember going to youth group with kids and there was a, a friend of mine who was white and one of my very best friends, several of my best friends were black and I invited her over to my house and, and like it, it, this still blows my mind when I think back to it and she was not allowed to come to our house because we would let my black friends come wow. and it was just like one it wasn't this was not a common thing at that point but it was very much and she was embarrassed by it like it was like she was aware of it but she was like I'm not allowed to come to your house because there oh, will be black people heart. there and I would just I remember at that time probably being like 14 and just being like I don't understand but okay you know it just was such a strange concept and yeah. although things like that still happen I'm sure in the United States in lots of places in the, the states that are much more racially uh what's I, I don't have the right words I need like a vocabulary what, the opposite list. of diverse yeah the opposite of diverse it just yes <laughs> where racism is prevalent um that that probably still is a belief that some people have which is hard to even believe and that's part of why this topic is even difficult for me to talk about too is like and it is, it's a naive, it's, it's being naive, it's being delusional in a way of hoping that the world is better than it is, but I'm like, part of me is like, I can't believe we have to have this conversation, because, like, why? Why are people being treated so differently? Why is this still a thing? And like, but that's easy for me to say when I'm a white woman living in a privileged world, so I... Right. I don't know. And I think, well, something you and I talked about just like offline in real life about all of this, you know, is when the Black Lives Matter um, movement started for the first time and then all, you know, the... I think a lot of well-meaning people at that time were saying all lives matter instead of Black Lives Matter because they didn't understand... a while back? Yes. Yeah, Like four, Four, I guess... Four years ago, yeah. Yeah, four years. Um, I think there were well-meaning people. I think anybody who's saying it now isn't so well-meaning. But I think four years ago, people were like, oh, but like, you know, it's everybody. But the issue is not – well, I I saw somebody really explain this quite well, and it was visual and – sarcastic but that's how dumb it is is that you can't say all lives matter until black lives matter because something is excluded from the whole so like if a piece of the pie is missing (laughs) yeah then all of it is not included like it's that basic that's a good point and people you know especially well white people do not some of us unfortunately are not willing to accept the fact that black people are treated differently especially when it comes to the justice system yeah it just categorically treated differently yeah. and I don't understand I think you know there's a fear among some white people who I don't mind speaking for because I'm one of them um, and I've experienced seeing this I think there is a fear among some white people that if they say black lives matter that it makes their life matter less yeah, I think that's definitely where it comes from. It's like it's 100% where it comes from. And it's like so crazy because then you think like, well, hello, this is the whole point is like you yeah. understanding that your life isn't the most important thing and that, you know, I do remember four years ago think, seeing the All Lives Matter and trying to, I was trying to rationalize because I really did not understand the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter thing back then. And now it's, mm-hmm. like, been very clearly articulated. And if you're listening and not trying to debate with people and he- just 
paying attention to what people in the black community are communicating to us, um, then I feel like it's pretty clear that nobody thinks that everybody's lives do not matter. Everybody's lives do matter. But the point is that black lives matter is what's important right now because it hasn't changed. Things have sure things have gotten better in certain ways over years. But like the fact that we're even still having to have a conversation about it shows you that our society is not where it should be because the conversations need to be had. And yeah. the fact we're like, in a what new the t- civil rights mo- movement, you know, yeah, like if totally. we had to have one 40, 50 years ago and we're having to have it again, guess what? Black lives have not been mattering. Yeah. And just like the history stuff, like Juneteenth, there's things that, you know, I can make the excuse every time we have these like conversations while I grew up in South Africa, which I did. So I didn't learn about most of American history until college. Uh, it was side note, like my worst grade ever that I got in college because <laughs> I didn't know any American history. Well, it turns but, out Americans don't know American exactly. history. Exactly. And that's the thing is like, but what's so sad, and again, I'm admitting this and I'm probably sound like a dumbass and I'm going to have to just accept that. But it's like, it's not until these movements are happening that I'm even having to stopping and thinking like, oh yeah, everything has been taught from the perspective of the white mm-hmm. person and not from the perspective of every every other race that is a part of this nation and has built this nation and why why is that and why is that taking us so long to well it's not changed it's changing maybe now but like history books need to be rewritten things need to curriculum needs to change people need to be educated on these things and I am so sad that I am 34 years old and just now realizing this and realizing I need to take a much more proactive path in my life of learning about a whole society of people that I thought I had an idea about but I clearly have no idea so they're not teaching us anything they're not teaching us anything so like it's been left up to us to figure it out and we haven't done that and now our you know like willful ignorance is slapping us in the face and something too that you know has come out of the movement again this time and that and let me preface this by saying many of these things have been said and articulated by someone well before they're not saying these things for the first time for some reason though it is clicking for us now in a way that it never has before and Agreed. more people are, are speaking, you know, and meeting us in different mediums, whether like we love to talk about it. We are these <laughs> millennials who it. love to You're talk about say. it. I'm going to say it. I have learned more about the Black Lives Matter movement through TikTok yep. <laughs> than, than just across the board. And, you know, four years ago, that didn't exist. And it's these ways that people can truncate things and dumb it down for us stupid, ignorant people. And a lot of it has, you know, is not entirely, again, I don't feel guilt about it. I feel embarrassment. I feel indignant. I wish someone had taught me these things to reiterate. But now that it's in my face, now we have to carry the torch of responsibility to do the next right thing, which is to be aware and motivated to commit to learning is what it is. And something that I have learned, Brittany, during this because I just took like the biggest, they, it, no, they call them, um, where I'm from, they call them roundabouts, but in New England, they call them rotaries. I took the biggest rotary to get <laughs> off on this spoke over here. <laughs> I, I was reading an article by um, a woman, and this was written a year ago in the LA Times. Her name is, uh, and I'm going to probably mispronounce this beautiful name, Nadra Widatala. Um, she wrote in 2019 in an LA Times article, 
why she was explaining why we should say black when we mean black and not say people of color. And she said, quote, while every minority group faces its own challenges in America, a one size fits all mentality toward diversity erases the specific needs of the most vulnerable communities. Mm. Non-white does not mean black. Women of color does not mean black either. The reality is that not all people of color suffer equally from the effects of institutional racism. Wow. I almost got through that, that without tripping. That was almost okay. well done. Um, but wow, <laughs> she did it yeah. well. Wow. The, yeah. the heaviness of that commentary is, it's explicit. Like, there's yeah. no way around that. Like, you know, and I think people for a long time, again, I think their heart was in the right place to say people of color or whatever. They want to be inclusive, you know, and they want to say yeah. the right thing. So many people want to say the right thing. But you know what? Not everybody who is a person of color has the same experience as the black person of color. Yeah. No, agreed. <sighs> but it's just clicking for me now. Why I know. Is it, you know, it's just clicking for me now that it's okay to say black because guess what? You're black and guess what? I'm white and guess what? You know, you're... Cuban and whatever the case may be it's okay to say that but I think um you know there is that quote-unquote white guilt thing where it's like we some of us who want to be anti-racist we've only been non-racist instead of anti and so we have removed ourselves from the conversation and we've been so PC that like it's not PC anymore it's the opposite of what we intended to do Oh, that's 100%. I am 100% guilty of what you just said because even sitting here and there may be people listening to this podcast who have noticed or maybe you don't because I rarely post on social media as a whole lately, but like I've been one of those people where like I'm seeing everything everybody posts and there's a part of me that feels responsible to just like start posting all the stuff right now, but it also feels what I'm struggling with is feels like I'm at a stage and somebody somebody posted this also where it was like kind of the stages of where different people are at and for me I've just been trying to like listen 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 read 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 take it all in and I realized that I also have a responsibility to continue the movement and to be anti-racist as well but like I also feel I I feel that it's slightly disingenuous for me to just all of a sudden start posting all this stuff when I haven't been actively doing that before and maybe I just have to get over myself and it's not about being judged by other people I just I feel like part of me feels like but I'm a white woman like my voice is not the one to to be heard but I also realize that I should just be promoting other black men and women and their voices um yeah that comes from a place of you wanting to be authentic yeah and move things forward without taking a step backwards so don't I don't think that you know I understand that feeling it's so funny because you and I were talking before this movement re-upped about the political conversation Uh like there are things out there that we care about a lot and we stay really mum on them and I think you know part of that is because I think a lot of what we see out there is debate. It's just debate banter and debate does not change people and that's something I'm coming to terms with right during this situation too um and so I've been in the same position where I'm like I feel I don't want to I don't want to be disingenuous sharing something so the things that I have shared have been the things that have called me out yeah where I'm like 
I'm sharing the things where I'm like, oh my God, I read that and something clicked for me that didn't before. So maybe it might for someone else, not because I'm sitting over here like high and mighty, like, oh, I know something that you don't know and let me show you. It's like, no, someone showed me and now I feel totally. a responsibility, you yeah. know, that to, for somebody else to hopefully see this and feel and feel con- I'm going to use a Christian word. Convicted. Feel convicted <laughs> about our poor behavior. So yeah. I hear you on that. I, I I think it's part of it, though, is um, I do think it's necessary on some end. I don't I don't think the debate I don't think the debating will ever do anything. Oh, I don't think it ever does anything. And I Mm-mm. to anybody out there and it's fine. I'm calling you out in a way. But that just <laughs> constantly, constantly is debating and debating and debating on Facebook, social media, like, and this is my opinion, and that's fine, but you ain't, you're not changing anybody's opinion, is my opinion, because I feel like anybody that gets on there to debate is not listening, and you might think you're listening, but I feel like it doesn't ever seem that way, but I think there's a difference between the political stuff and then what people are doing now, which is just sharing and promoting, like, other people's voices, black people's voices that need to be heard, and, and other people that are just calling us out and us being able to recognize like that we've been wrong we as in the white community so I I think for me it's it's a mixture of like wanting to be authentic and also like to be totally honest just feeling guilty and not being active to this point and I realized by continuing to not post anything I'm not really doing anything um but it's just trying to do my part in my own way and I don't think just because it's not public doesn't mean it's not happening and people don't know what you do in private either you know I've had more conversations with my family and friends about this kind of stuff that I feel like has been very um, enlightening and important and life-changing, to be honest, than, like, I don't know totally. if me sharing something on social media. And maybe it does. I, I mean, I have seen lots of stuff that has changed my perspective from social media. So it's definitely an amazing thing that's happening. Yeah, um, well, I think, you know, it's that thing of, you know, if a if a tree falls in the middle of the forest and nobody is there to hear it, did, did a tree actually fall? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it did. <laughs> the tree fell. And you know what? The conversation was had. And someone might feel, you know, an inkling of something different based on the conversation. So on that, yeah. um, have you ever listened to Kwame Christian? Uh-uh. He is a podcaster. Well, he's much more than a podcaster, but he is an attorney. He's a Caribbean-American black man. He's just wonderful. He has this podcast called Negotiate Anything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's great. Like, you listen to Kwame, and he'll tell you how to get, like, the penthouse suite when you paid for, like, you know. I need the, to listen to this guy. <laughs> the, room, the room by the ice maker. He's amazing. Um, so he did this amazing like four hour Zoom call um, where you could register and sit in and listen to this whole thing about the race discussion. And he used to work in civil rights uh, quite a lot. And he got burnt out on it to the point that he like wouldn't even talk about race anymore. And he's a black man. Yeah. Um, so when all this was coming back up with George Floyd, which even you know what? I take issue with what I just said. When all this came back up with George Floyd. You know what we're going to call that? What it is. It's a microaggression because those are things I never noticed. I know. Until these conversations. It's important when all this, like I'm so inconvenienced. Do you know what I'm not? Kwame Christensen said in this Zoom call, he's a master negotiator and he made the point. He said, the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. That sounds 
you could almost in a certain way be like, that's obvious. That's trite in a certain way. Sure. It is so true because the key word in that quote by Dear Kwame is conversations. The best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. They're not on the other side of a debate. They're not on the other side of your Facebook propaganda on either side of it. It's not on the other side of that. It's when somebody starts a conversation and they allow somebody who may feel completely differently from you to be heard and not shamed. In a debate, we seek to shame. Yeah. We seek to say, I'm winning right now and you're losing right now. And these are all the reasons why. And here's your logical fallacies yeah. and everything My else. My point's and, better and also, than your point. Yeah. But that's not the point. The <laughs> yeah. point is that all of these things that happen when you, a person does not change because they got shamed into changing. They change when it was their idea. And sometimes their idea comes from a conversation with somebody else. So I just thought that was so powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, a conversation is what's going to elicit somebody to like take the time to think. Mm-hmm. And me telling somebody, you know, your mother would be proud of you because you're behaving just like her mm. isn't going to do the trick. No. No, <laughs> agree. do the trick. Agreed. <laughs> They're going to double down yeah. on their belief system, even if at the heart of hearts that isn't their belief system. They're acting out of fear. They're acting out of miseducation. They're acting out of personal experience when they can't empathize with somebody else's experience being completely different from theirs, whatever the case may be. I'm willing to have the conversation with people and I'm willing to make the comment and share the thing that called me out, but I'm not willing to debate anymore. This is not a debate. No, it's not a debate. No, it's not. And I mean, that's, yeah, everything you just said, 100%, I agree. Because it's just, it's it's still so unfortunate that it required what happened to have happened, what happened with George Floyd and what's continuing to happen with countless countless numbers of black lives um it it's so unfortunate unfortunate is a terrible word it's devastating but it's I'm very happy that we're able to that the conversations are happening and that things I feel like you can feel the change you can see the change I mean this is just like this whole era between the freaking coronavirus and now it's just been like the craziest time yeah um, and I almost I mean this pandemic I I feel too you know on some level there is this feeling of like we're supposed to all be in this together like we all could be taken out by a virus and you know people we, we got to take care of each other and then to see somebody have the life leaked out of him mm-hmm. like somebody you know slowly removing helium from a balloon there was so much <laughs> there's so much wrong with that situation and the inhumanity of it that I almost feel like it took a pandemic Mm. for America I hope America to realize black lives matter yeah fuck that yeah fuck that but I I just feel like there was it almost something about it felt different to us to us white people I don't think it felt different to the black community maybe it did I don't know I'm not speaking for anybody I'm just saying this is not new for them a black person in America, is killed by the police every other day on average. Every other day. There's not a right uh, analogy or, um, like, I've, I've heard people say things like, it's not, the, the chair on top is the most terrible thing. That's not what I want to say, but it's like. It, the it kicker. Was, it, 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 yeah, it was the thing that was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on. And then everybody finally seem to wake up again meanwhile everybody in the black community has been staring at us going like right 
hello right. for decades and decades and like oh how this happened two long... days ago and it happened two days before that and two days yeah. before that this why isn't now new. so now you care and it's just like i am so ashamed i am so embarrassed at yeah the behavior of Whew. um yeah it's a lot this is the most <laughs> what the hell of all the what the hell yeah, I, <laughs> I know i'm getting teary it's just like i know yeah well i think I think we've done enough. (laughs) (laughs) But something that I was, whatever, I'm just like reflecting on, you know, we write a lot of notes before we have these conversations and, um, you know, society, unfortunately, like we were talking about earlier, emancipation. Yeah. The 1800s. Yeah. You know, Jim Crow, still 1800s. Civil rights movement, mid 1900s. This, we are well into the 21st century, you know, well into it. Yeah. And this is coming up again. They say history repeats itself and it's true, but like progress is not linear. It zigzags and it's yeah. a tangled mess, you know, and um, it does not, you know, we don't do perfect 180s all the time. Um, and this is really, really sad. But I think, I hope that this will be a peak on the, is unlinear a word? The not linear change. <laughs> yes, agreed. Agreed. God, I hope so. Oh, I know. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I feel like my my kind of ending thoughts would just be like, continue to listen, continue to seek out um, people who are in the black community who are speaking out and educating us on how we should be behaving in this day and age mm-hmm. and supporting um, black businesses and supporting just every way we can, um, whether that's and, financially yeah. or sh- – and again, I know I said the thing about social media, but like if that's your way of doing that and that's how you feel strongly, then I think that's amazing. I just think that for me personally, that's something that I've uh, struggled with and maybe I need to look at that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just and voting locally. We had this conversation this weekend, but like the local, you know, the local people we put in power have so much more power than we give them credit card credit for. Uh, I just said credit card because I had to apply for a new one today, <laughs> and it's like on my mind credit for. Um, you know, your DA is elected. You yeah. know, who are those people who are in charge of what's going to get prosecuted and what's not? And I understand they have an obligation to apply the law. Well, you know what? They can look the other way when the law is freaking bogus and we have people in jail for marijuana charges in North Carolina. Went over here. I'm buying it from a man who I give a tip to in broad daylight on my, yeah. you know, front oh my step. Yep. It's insane. I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but there are ways that you can affect change on a micro level and as we infiltrate the micro level we can affect change on the macro level yeah oh that's so good because I mean it's kind of side note but like when I was with my parents and dad if you're listening to this hello um (laughs) but you know I'm not gonna get even get into the whole Trump thing in the sense of like how I feel about him but I'm just saying in our talk about all this Black Lives Matter and some of the terrible things I think about Trump it's easy to complain all day long about Trump when exactly what you're saying is what we need to be doing is a lot of the changes that need to happen in our community happen at a local level. And that's just how our government is set up. And yes, the president has a lot of pull and can do a lot of things, but really we need to get out there and vote. Um, not only yeah. for the presidential election when that comes this year, but locally. And And I am so guilty of not doing enough research on our local 
elections and truly understanding all of that. And I feel like this year I'm so excited to see the changes that could come from that. I've like so. never cared so much. So same, same, for that, which is so sad, but yeah, that's how I feel. But thank you, George Floyd, for that, and Ahmaud yeah. Arbery. Thank you for that, and yeah. you know, thank you to my black friends, you know, who are educating me. My God, thank you. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah, don't stop. Don't and stop. Um, thank you for your patience <laughs> and with us, and we will keep yeah. learning and keep trying. Yeah, we don't know exactly how to talk about it right, but we're going to yeah. keep trying, like you said. Yeah. I mean, this podcast was one that we both were kind of like, we know we need to do it, but it's it, it, it's scary. It's, the, it's hard. It's scary. We're trying to keep it real with you guys. And I mean, yeah. ultimately, that's what this podcast is for, is us to talk about the things that are important and make us go, what the hell? So The questions... So if you're new here, this was quite one to dive in on. Go back to the beginning, start there, (laughs) and let's continue the conversation. If there's something, if you're one of us white folk and you've learned something that's blown your mind, um, you know, share with us because we're learning. And if, you know, let's let the black community speak for themselves and educate us and we're listening to you as well. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And we'll talk to you guys next in two weeks. Two weeks. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Brittany. All right. Bye. Bye, guys.